Hey guys, welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Layla Streets. The growth this month has been awesome. I wish I had more of a clear mission statement starting off because I changed my brand mm. as of last month. I changed it because I said I had no idea I was a holistic dentist. And there were no holistic dentists here. I was like, I know what I am. I'm not a conventional dentist that just looks at teeth. I, that's the last thing I look at. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, your teeth look great. However, you have all these other medical conditions that could affect the long-term prognosis of your treatment if you were to pursue it. So let's let's get that you know handled first. Cool last name and a wonderful person. And she has an interesting story for how she got into dentistry and how she started her own practice. And she was born in Europe and grew up in Boston and then went to school and was in the army. And then she left the army. Why? Well, listen in to see why she decided to leave and pursue her own startup. Which, if you who's listening, if you've done anything medical or have been a dentist for the army, could you relate to Layla and what she was saying? Let me know either on Instagram or on in our Facebook group, the Dental Marketer Society. But she decided to associate, but she was too, uh, how do I put this? She wanted to do more. And the other owners didn't or couldn't decide on things. And it ultimately left her to do her own startup. So we dive into the business side of that and discuss the struggles she faced, her floor plan, expenses, uh, the best and worst companies she's worked with, and et cetera, and more. And then we discuss about her marketing and advertising and how she's niching down to do specific dentistry, even more specific, holistic dentistry. So see how she came to that conclusion. And then we also discuss how all of this, her startup and everything, has affected her personal life. So guys, without further delay, here is Dr. Layla Streets. Layla, how's it going? I'm hey, How are you? I'm doing pretty good. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located? So I'm located in the beautiful and ever-growing Pinehurst, North Carolina. Okay. How's it like over there right now, the weather? It's warm. It's actually mild considering it's January. What's warm? Temperature 50, 60s. Oh, yeah. That's kind of warm. Yeah. It's like yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Awesome. All right. So real quick, if you can, for the audience, tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? Long journey, if you want to call it that. I don't know how much background you want me to get into. I was born in Europe. Moved to the States when I was nine. Grew up in the Boston, Massachusetts area. Went to dental school at Tufts because I didn't want to go and leave my family. And then in 2017, I direct commission with the military. Um, joined the Army. I was in the Army for five years. Decided to get out and open up the practice. Okay. That was <laughs> like a... Quick summary. Yeah, really good. Real quick, rewind a little bit. I guess what made you want to get into dentistry in the first place? Long story short, growing up ever like from middle school into college, I was just trying out different career paths because I didn't know what I wanted to go into. I definitely knew I didn't want to be an engineer like my parents were. So I was really interested in nutrition. Before dental school, I was actually a personal trainer for a year and a half. And I decided dentistry towards my senior year in undergrad when I was majoring in microbiology. And part of my, uh, you know, final grade was to do an independent research project. So I worked in an oral biology research clinic, hated the research, but I loved the science behind it. And I loved art and helping people. So I decided to shadow a dentist. Maybe that was the route I wanted to go into. And then I fell in love with it. I was like, this is it. Yeah. Okay, nice. So you're a personal trainer for, how'd you like that, being a personal trainer? I hated it. I loved being at the gym and getting a free membership. Uh, <laughs> I did not like work it. out, whatever. And then uh, what was your pet peeve about it? So it was like 2011, 2012. During that time, females, mm-hmm. women in fitness wasn't as popular as it is right now. And being a female, you know, at the gym and being maybe one of the one or two women listing, you got a lot of um, unwanted attention. And then guys would sign up for packages just so they can talk to me and ask me oh, on a date. Okay. I know it sounds horrible, but that's what happened half the time. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Dang, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting, yeah. Okay, no, I was just asking because I went down that route a little bit and then it was kind of fun, but I hated the the part where 
you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink kind of thing, you know? So it's like, yeah. what are we doing? Well, I actually even mind that part. I hated, look at this. I didn't want to be a personal trainer because I would have to, you know, be at work at 530 in the morning. I was like, oh, no. And then dental school happened. And then now you're taking an exam at seven in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And then the military happened. And here you are taking a UA test at four in the morning to make sure you're not taking drugs. <laughs> yeah. You, you, okay. So a lot of things fast forwarded from that point on. So when you were in dental school, did it ever occur to you like, yeah, I want to own my own business eventually? No, absolutely not. This was honestly a plan B mm-hmm. um, because I am married to someone who is in the military and, um, we're pretty much stuck here for the long term. So my husband doesn't move around. He's part of like the unit that stays here in Bragg. And so I knew I didn't want to work for a big corporate dental office. I have two kids. I'm going to be the responsible party picking up my kids from daycare. And they wanted someone to work 12 hours a day. And if there was like family emergency, well, you better figure it out because, you know, you better find coverage. And I didn't want to put myself in that situation. So part of the reason for the family lifestyle was for me to open up an office and dictate my working hours. Hmm. Have your own like autonomy, like freedom for that. Yeah. yeah so there's family time and I make time for family, but I also don't want someone squeezing an emergency appointment 10 minutes before closing when I have to go pick my kids up. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because you come from the army and that's like all like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to go on their regimen, their schedule kind yeah, of thing. But they are very family friendly because they yeah. worry about retention. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you graduate, or I guess when you left the Army, immediately you started your own practice or were you an associate? Immediately. So I was working as an associate here and there. And I had my daughter a year before my final exodus from the military. But during that year from my third trimester started my third trimester into August of last year. I was just doing all the plans and works for opening up the office, but I'd also collected a lot of vacation days from being in the military. So I utilized them strategically to make time to work on the office, plan stuff, and do everything business-wise before we opened up the office. So once I actually opened up the office and saw patients before I was officially out of the military. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't know anything about like the inside of the army or anything like that or the military, but why did you leave? So I left because I was unhappy. I would see soldiers for mostly exams and emergencies because they're just, there's not enough staff. The army just cares about readiness. Like, is the soldier able to deploy and go down range? Is something going to happen in the next six months? If not, great. And then if I was seeing a patient and I wanted to do some sort of extensive treatment on them, I would feel bad being like, hey, three, four months from now, maybe I can squeeze you in. And then sometimes you'll have like other army related stuff come up and now you have to cancel it. So I I just miss doing the best dentistry possible for my patients and having them be miserable. And of course, there's drama in the clinic. If you're seeing the same people all the time as a dental officer or medical officer, you're kind of at the lower level like the echelon of who's in charge and who's not, you're the lowest. And then above you is, are the non-commissioned officers and soldiers. And then above them are the civilian employees. And then above everyone else is the regional command dictating what is appropriate and what is not. And most of the time it's not appropriate for patient care, in my opinion. Gosh. So it kind of sounds like, like you did it for your family, right? Obviously, but at the same time, you're looking for freedom. Yeah, 100%. And then I, st- like, while I was in the military, I started diving into different focuses or specialty focuses in dentistry that I absolutely love. And I really wanted to pursue that and establish my practice around it. And that's honestly another main reason why I opened up my own practice is because I talked to other associates in the area. And if you know anything about Pinehurst, it's super saturated dentists. There are so many general dentists and so many practices because everyone wants to live here. I just had different ideas of what I wanted to do. And a lot of the owners weren't on the same page with me. Mm. And they thought it was more of like outlandish, giving outlandish suggestions and ideas. And they didn't want to start incorporating that into their practice. Huh. So then what did you dive into? Like the courses and everything like that? And what were the ideas? So one of the main things was uh, dental sleep medicine. Dental sleep medicine is becoming really big in the military just because at least 75% of soldiers 
have some sort of sleep-related breathing disorder, and um, many remain undiagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea. So that's when I actually started doing a lot of appliance therapy was in the military. And they pushed it because of the whole Phillips recall of the PAP appliances. So they were constantly pushing dentists to get into the courses. And then I also really got into TMJ therapy or facial pain. Um, my mom was diagnosed with a very rare dystonia. And for the past four years, she kept asking me, like, well, is this normal? Is this normal? And I had no idea. So I started looking into orofacial pain. I was considering applying to grad school for the program. But again, given the kids, I can't. But I still do a lot of Team J-related therapy. And then I really got into mid-last year into restrictive ties and lips, like lip ties and tongue ties, and seeing how those affect development and how trying to like figure out what leads to TMJ disorders because there's no treatment. There's only managing the pain. So I was really curious to see where the cause was, where it all starts. And I decided to take a myofunctional or facial myofunctional therapy course. And it just changed everything about how I do demonstrate period. Hmm. What was the course? So, yeah. So I, I realized that, honestly, TMJ disorders and sleep-related breathing disorders start at infancy, yeah. literally at infancy. Really? And how? We should be screening patients. How does it start at in infancy? I don't know if you've read or listened to any audiobooks at infancy. We usually notice whether or not a child has a restrictive tongue or lip. Mm -hmm. So like tongue ties, lip ties that affect how we rest our tongue posture. So how we rest our tongue, how we keep our lips sealed, how we're breathing. So we're supposed to be breathing through our nose all the time. It's our natural filter and it affects speech and yeah, literally everything. So that's when you start screening for, you know, soft tissue. Are there any like soft tissue indications? How's the baby feeding? How's the baby sleeping? Then around six months, you monitor how the babies transition to solids. And that's when we start utilizing our muscles around the face to chew, to speak, and then, of course, diet, the foods that we feed our kids. Unfortunately, society likes to be advanced and make life easier for us, when in reality, it actually makes it worse for our development. So if we're not utilizing our muscles, our bones are not getting stronger and growing. So think of weightlifting. Mm -hmm. If you're not lifting, utilizing a certain muscle or body part, that muscle and the bone atrophies. Same concept with the face. And if you ever listen to the audiobook, uh, Jaws, A Growing Epidemic, it talks about how epigenetically our jaws are starting to shrink because we're not chewing as much. Everything is fast. We're not taking the time to eat. We feed babies baby food pouches, like foods in those little pouches to just drink mm -hmm. it. Everything's with straws, no open, open cup drinking. And ultimately that leads our jaws from prevents our jaws from developing the way they're supposed to. And it prevents us from resting our tongue against the roof of our mouth or our palate. And that leads to future orthodontic treatment, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's interesting. I, I don't know if I can bring this up or not, but like before we started recording, you were telling me about your day. You said sometimes you just had like a patient, I think that had something like that, right? Like in yeah, that situation. Yeah. Just like and the, you, your tongue tie, lip tie. You said there was emotional situations or there's emotion that goes into that. What does that mean? So emotion, whenever I talk to parents, it's just they have to be emotionally invested in their child's care. And then, of course, any parent will agree, the moment your child needs some sort of surgery, you get terrified. Mm -hmm. Whenever I speak to those parents, I always think of my situation as well, because I wish I had known about my children's tongue ties and their lack of development, because I've been dealing with this for over three years now. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so my children's situation is why I prompted to learn more about my functional or facial mind functional therapy. And now I'm pushing my son through programs. I'm going to do his tongue tie release next week. Um, I've been getting him into body work and just trying to see what I can do therapeutically and functionally in order to prepare him for probably a rapid palatal expander in the future. So he's not stuck having sleep apnea because it runs in my family. Or TMJ related pain because again that runs in my husband's side of family. Wow! So yeah. this is, uh, I mean, it's happening with your kids, right, right now. Absolutely. So then, how do you, I guess, talk to the parent to calm their emotion down or to let them know like they need this? I know it sounds difficult. Like how I don't even know if I can ask how old that child was, but like how do you do that? I don't ever tell a parent what they need to do 
I tell them what's going on, what could happen if it's left untreated. This is why it's great if we do the procedure. And I always try to reassure them that like, hey, it's normal. I'd rather get this treated versus seeing them maybe in 20, 30, 40 years with TMJ related pain. And then at that point, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do much. Even at 12, most of your craniofacial complex is developed. There's only so much you can do up until the age of 12, at least, like at most. And so intervention has to be early. And I tell them, like, hey, you know, take your time because you have to be emotionally ready for this, emotionally invested in this, because you're going to be doing those stretches at home with your baby. If you're not mentally ready to just listen to a baby cry six times a day while you're stretching that scar tissue, then it's not a good idea because, you know, left untreated or if you don't, you know, continue doing the exercises, that connective tissue is just going to get more hard and difficult to treat in the future. Yeah. Man, so all this, this is like the route you went down. You know what I mean? Like you decided to learn about this, study it, take this idea on. The other practices didn't want this in there? Or the other owners didn't want this in their practice? No, absolutely not. They were just so anti it because they they themselves don't know anything about it. And I just wanted to work with this associate and be like, hey, can I do this like two, three times a week? And can I just do sleep appliances? I'm totally comfortable doing everything, blah, blah, blah. Because it probably, it includes a lot of different business management protocols. So, of course, you have to, like, have all your consent forms in place, like, figure out what to do with insurances. And some dental providers just don't want to go that route if they've practiced like that for 20 plus years. Oh, and by the way, there aren't that many younger dentists here. Mm. Maybe, like, one of four who are not in their 50s, 60s. Really? So realistically, Layla, how long did it take you to implement the business side of this? I just go buy it every day. I don't... I'm, I sort of plan it and then I just try and execute as much as possible. And I'm, I only plan so far ahead. It's okay. It's entrepreneur, right? Like that's how you do it. You're like, well, yeah, you, you do that. And then of course I have like the military perspective where I'm really good at getting things done really fast. So I look at a 50 meter target, then I look at the hundred meter target and then I look at the 500 meter target. Gotcha. So it's like everything prepared is needed. Because if I think of everything and try to over plan and plan and then plan every single situation, I will become overwhelmed. Like too much at once will overwhelm me and then I just like break down and stop. So mm-hmm. just digest pieces as they come my way. So where you say you're someone who looks at, all right, this is my 10-year goal, five-year goal, or no, you're just like, I got to get here in six months. I got to get here in the next six months, three months, things like that. I've realized that whatever plan one or two years out doesn't usually occur. So I do like the, by next month, I got to hit this target. My goal in three or six months is this. Hopefully in like two, three years, I can expand and do this and just like have a practice like this. (laughs) Things are always changing. Like my, what I'm doing right now, I didn't play in seven months ago. Really? My functional functional therapy is fairly new to me. Mm, Okay, so then... Three months ago, what was the goal? How'd you create that process or that system to get to where you're at today? I don't remember. It's like, I mean, honestly, for the past, ever since I opened, what, six months ago, my primary focus has been marketing and educating everyone on what I know on social media, just educating, being very um, involved in the community. That was another thing that really inspired me to do in our areas to cater to veterans and um, active duty military members. Mm. So I've been very involved in just like targeting them as well, um, giving them more resources. They're also the ones with kids here. Now it's just mostly focusing on marketing and trying my best to get the word out that we exist because that's my biggest concern is just making sure that people understand that we exist. And it just, I mean, I'm changing plans with my team almost weekly. It's like, okay, this is our protocol this week. Okay, this is, didn't work last week. Let's try something else. I mean, we have clinic meetings literally every week, and I spend at least half an hour to an hour, hour and a half, depending on whether or not a patient cancels last minute, to figure out how we can be more efficient. Is a clinic meeting different than, like, I guess, like your admin day or morning huddle kind of thing? Yeah. So during my admin days, I mostly try to come up with like game plans. I network with different specialists. I take care of like my kids' appointments. I kind of work with the schedule, try to see how I can arrange it to be most efficient. I create templates for whatever notes I need to be more organized. Um, it's just trying to be more efficient and save time. That's what I do on my admin days. 
Gotcha. And then the clinical meetings? The clinic meetings, we brainstorm. So how can we kind of like, what kind of activities can we do together as a team? What, how can we draw more people and what can be our, you know, fun giveaway for our patients this month or what products should we start incorporating? Gotcha. When it comes to the fun giveaways, what have you noticed where it's like, oh, this is it. And that, that over there was not it. That, that's not going to be doing anything. People like free stuff. So like what kind of free stuff? Um, I've done the veneer giveaways. People like those. I've done the patient specials for teeth whitening. People enjoyed those too. It's, I mean, it's mostly stuff to build my portfolio, just like the cosmetic aspect of dentistry because I enjoy it. It's really fun. And then just trying to get patients to book their next appointment sooner. So those months we're giving away a 10-day gym pass um, at a local gym. And it's just to encourage patients to come in again because then they get another ticket. <laughs> okay. That's good. I like that. And then you mentioned on your admin day that you network with specialists. Yes. How do you do that? So I do a lot of functional treatments. So yes, I can do like the quick prescription writing or the quick Botox injections, trigger point injections, or I can do more therapeutic approaches where I focus on body work. I focus on uh, referring patients to breath workers. And that's how I network. I network with physical therapists, with chiropractors, lactation consultants. I I mean, that's pretty much it. Body work specialists, uh, craniosacral massage therapists. I attempted to reach out to other physicians, and that is almost impossible. Mm. It's almost impossible to get a response back. But anyone that does physical therapy or chiropractic work, those were my go-tos. And they're phenomenal. Yeah. How do you do that's that? That's where parents tend to go first whenever they notice something's not functioning properly in their child. Physical therapy? Physical therapy, chiropractor, and um, massage therapist. Oh, interesting. And lactation consultants for infants. Yeah. When when you approach these, I guess, like businesses, what's the script or like what's the strategy behind that? We follow each other on uh, social media. I'm like, hey. Hey, you reach out. We just reach out like, hey, I noticed that you do this and this. And fortunately, fortunately enough, most are military spouses too. Because we have a very, very big military population here and veteran population. Fort Bragg is like 30 minutes, 30 miles from here. Um, so everyone tends to live in this area versus Fayetteville. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty easy that way. And it's all through social media, the way you reach out. Most, almost all through social media. I'm not the kind of person just like randomly box someplace and be like, hey, I'd like to talk. Because most people are busy. Most professionals are busy. It's easier just to coordinate to a place to meet up. And then you see what everyone posts about what their social media is about, what their ideas are about, what their mission is about. And so you kind of just meet up to get to know one another in person and just, you know, see what, how you can be a help to them. Yeah. Because ultimately as a provider, your primary care is to make sure that your patients are taken care of. Gotcha. Okay. That's nice. I like that. Okay. So is it okay when now we kind of dive into your business? Talk about yeah. that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. How'd you find your location first and foremost? I used to live less than a mile from here and I was, Looking for a space to lease that was close to home and that was conveniently located close to my kids' daycare slash schools. Because again, in case my husband decides to stay in for 20 plus years in the military, someone has to be a responsible party and being sure they're picked out and stuff like that. And unfortunately, the selection that I had in open, in open spaces was very limited. The space that I have right now is it's, it's a space that I looked at last year. Before last week, what, 2021 in May, and I decided to go ahead and sign a lease agreement in August. Yeah, so I was trying to do my homework, but it was just so limited. This year is growing rapidly. You said in case my husband decides to stay in the middle, has he not decided yet or has he decided? Well, he keeps signing contracts, extended contracts without talking to me. Okay, so he could, if... It ever occur? What's the lease agreement here when with your building? Is it like a specific? What do you guys agree on? Ten years with the option to extend a lease for five years twice. Um, I also got have first bids in purchasing the building if it gets become goes on the market. Same with the space that's next door because my space is really small. It's a small office. Okay, so for sure, for sure, you know you're going to be there for ten years then. Probably. I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, just run out. The space. I'm telling you, I don't play. I 
I say, sure, this is great for 10 years, but I don't know what my life is going to be like three years from now. Yeah, you're right. You're, you know what? There, there's 100% truth to that. You know, you can try and plan it out. Okay, so then in case your husband does decide to stay in the military for 20 years, you're going to be... what? I need to be in the area, yes. Yeah. Why do you hope not? For him to extend it? Because I don't like his schedule. Is it like weird? Well, he deploys. So with the unit he's with, he deploys every other year for six months. Oh. And so all responsibilities on me. Fortunately, this is like the silver lining. Um, My parents decided that they were going to move down here to North Carolina. So now I definitely cannot move. Yeah. But I'm getting extra help. That's good. That's fantastic, though, that you get extra help. How I get or are they down there yet already or no? No, 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 no. They're they're still up in Massachusetts, but they're hoping to um, move here in the next six months or so. Okay. How does that feel, Ayla? Like when it's my parents like, are good? Yeah, no, not the, when your parents are here, yeah. But at the same time, like six months, you're like, man, I am on my own. I have a business. I got to run this thing. Kids, mom, you know what I mean? Like, how does it feel? Overwhelming at times. I've definitely stopped caring about myself, which is sad. It's a sad reality. Like going back to the gym, I used to go to the gym and work out almost daily. I have not gone to the gym in a year and a half. Really? Yeah. Why? Why did you feel like you had to stop caring about yourself? Because I want to take care of my kids too. Because I'm gone most of the day. So once I drop them off, I'm at work for like nine hours at least. I try to get as much work done as possible because once I'm at home, it's not going to happen. There's absolutely no way. And there's constantly emails that I have to reply to, messages, make sure to pay this, make sure to send this bill out, make sure to answer replies to this. Inquiry. I mean, it's just constant busy work. Mm. Do you ever get that mom guilt? I did. When? Since day one. When with my son, I actually started a residency program in the military, and I was there from five thirty till five thirty, and I was just like, I can't do this. On top of my husband having to deploy during residency, I was like, that. Nah, no, I'm gonna fail this. So after three months, I just like resigned. I was like, yeah, that's, that was 100% mom guilt. I wasn't there with my son. I never saw him. And he was only seven months old then. Yeah. So that, so since day one, you still feel it now or no? Sometimes. On the weekends, I do. Because they will, I mean, the moment I get home, they will not let go of me. On the weekends, it's mama, mama, mama all the time. So yeah, they definitely miss me. But I'd rather them miss me now than when they want to play sports. Yeah. Or when they get like, you know, they're older or there. It's funny. It's, it's, it's a funny <laughs> transition i mean you've seen it right like you're at that age they like love you they man my mom is the best mom ever my dad's the best my dad can beat up your dad you know what i mean you're, like, you're talking about yeah. that you get into middle school high school you're like man mom dad you don't know anything like don't don't just drop me off far away and oh, then i'll walk you know no i keep telling my husband was like man we're putting so much sacrifice in these kids and then when they turn 18 i'll never hear from them again it's great but then look at you now look that, that's what i'm saying then after that you're gonna get to that point where it's like Mom and dad have always been right. I need them now. Like, I, I, yeah. they need to be here next to me. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So kind of comes back. But it's tough. It's tough, I feel like, especially for that. On your own six months. That's a good job yeah. for you. Good <laughs> job for you. Okay, so then back to the practice. Business, yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> went and got a loan at a specific bank or no? Yes. I went with Bank of America. Why did you go with them? So my number one concern was cash flow. And of course, with cash flow, you need a loan that's, you know, not going to charge you like that doesn't expect you to pay everything back within five years. So they were the ones that were giving me the 10 year option to pay back. And um, I talked with Wells Fargo and they were only going to do it for nine years. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll stick to Bank of America. We're good. Gotcha. How much was it the great interest rate? So I was like, whatever. What were the interest rates? I want to say it was like 3.2 or something that I got for. I have great credit score, so. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, that's really, really good, yeah. And then how much was the loan in total? So originally when I applied, it was like 500 grand. And then um, given the whole inflation during the whole build-out and equipment purchase period, I asked for more and they gave me up to 633. Oh, wow. That's good. And then yeah. so from that point on, construction, like the build-out, how much was that? expensive i think so my landlord gave me 90 grand so he gave me 90 grand for the um ti allowance and then construction still cost 300 and it's a small space it's a 1600 square foot space so how many ops is it 
just honestly right now three in one ring that's equipped to hold an operatory, but I'm not utilizing it for it. I just like could pop it in there and now it's like store slash storage slash uh, photography room. Oh, cool. Photography room. That's nice. Yeah. Like that. Okay. So then what type of practice do you have? Is it like, are you taking all kinds of insurance? Is it pedo or is it general cosmetic? Is what you're focusing on specialist or? So the focus is holistic dentistry. And honestly, I had no idea I was a holistic dentist until uh, maybe two months ago. Because <laughs> it was so difficult. Everyone kept asking me, like, what are you? I was like, I'm a general dentist, but I do a lot of airway dentistry. I do cosmetic dentistry and I do... Um, functional therapy. I don't push crazy treatments on anyone. Of course, I mean, I see families of all types, but I never, and I, of course, the TMJ function, but I never knew that I was a holistic dentist. And I'm not a biologic dentist, biological dentist or biologic, but I'm a holistic dentist. I look at the overall picture. I literally talk to my patients about everything when I present a treatment plan, about their airway, about how their um, clenching and grinding leads to certain clinical findings. So they leave here knowing everything. And normally you notice whenever they leave knowing everything, that's a good ROI. Like what's the new patient, I guess, time limit here that you're, you're sitting with them, talking to them? So when I first started off and I had all the time in the world, I was spending two hours on a new patient exam to include, to include a pro fee if needed. Now I've cut it down to roughly 75 minutes to 90 minutes. If, and for the most part, I've been getting... Um, in like patients who are in network with certain insurances. So yeah, that's been the primary patient days, even though most of the dental offices here are fee-for-service. Are you fee-for-service or? I was trying to. I am for medical procedures. You're trying to. Yes, I was trying to, and I would love to. I'm definitely fee-for-service for all medical procedures. So anything that has to do with sleep, appliance therapy, tidal lip time releases, TMJ therapy, that's all medical. What happened? Why, why are you trying and not anymore? So here's the thing. For anyone who has the ability to pay for a dentist out of pocket, like direct out of pocket expenses, they already have a dentist. Like I said, there are so many dentists here. And I thought I was going to stand out by doing different treatments and doing more holistic dentistry. And that's not the case. Most of the families here, at least, are on United Concordia, which is like the military uh, dental insurance company, mm. or they're veterans. So they're, you know, United Concordia, Delta. I'm even in network with the VA. So mm. now I'm one of three practices here, and there are, like I said, at least 10 offices, one of three that accept VA patients. And quite honestly, one of some of the best patients are either active duty or veterans. I just love them. They're amazing. They're so grateful for everything. And they all have some sort of sleep related breathing disorder. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm getting a return on investment by accepting insurances. One, I get the word out about my office because I'm one of the non-corporate dental offices here who accepts insurances, but also people are more motivated to do advanced treatment because no other dentist has talked to them about the things that I show them and talk to them about. No, I was going to say, I'm like the kind of dental provider who shows, like I take photos. I take photos of literally everything. And I'm like, okay, see this here? Do you have this and this by any chance? And yes, it's always like check mark. Yes, I experienced this. Yes, I don't understand why no other dentist has ever brought this up with me. They told me I need an Invisalign to fix this. Blah blah blah. I was like, no, not really. It's more so function, and there could be a different underlying cause. Hmm. Okay. So that's yeah. the main the main thing you're. And so, do you plan to eventually go for back to fee for service or try or? So one thing I told myself I will never do is I will never drop military insurances. Military and veteran, no, 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 no. Because that's part of why I wanted to do what I do is because I can actually deliver the treatments to those who have given for our country. Yeah. And those are my people. Yeah, I was going to say, they're like your people. You know, you know all <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Veterans here, like veteran dentists who don't, who aren't in network with dental insurances. Hopefully, if at some point, you know, the reimbursement is worse than it is right now. I mean, right now it's abysmal. If it's ever worse, I'm probably going to have my patients um, try and contact their insurance providers being like, hey, this is insane, blah, blah, blah. Can you just make sure that you reimburse this provider better? I mean, it takes a team in order to make change. Oh, yeah, I get you. Okay, awesome. So then that's what you're doing now. You've already gotten the loan. You found the location that way. Yeah. You let us know what type of practice. How many employees do you have? Right now I have 
two front desks. One is um, one is also dental assistant. I have a dental assistant full time, and I am hiring a hygienist that should hopefully start in two weeks because our books are getting busy. Oh really? That's I don't cool. like having patients wait two or th- like over two weeks to be seen for treatment. How many days are you open for the week? So technically, right now three. So three open three days this month. Starting next month, what I'm doing for my Wednesday days is I am doing free airway screenings for children 17 and under for the entire year. So every Wednesday, 30 minutes, if a parent has any concern about their child snoring or mouth breathing or um, they have any sort of non-nutritive sucking habits, I'll be more than happy to assess them for free. So like Wednesdays are my free days. Yeah. And then it's, you know, I can recommend them to certain specialists if I think they need to see an ENT. Um, I can send to body work if I see that their posture is not that great. I can talk about treatments that we do in office. It's kind of to recruit patients and help them out. But it's also to help parents realize that, hey, maybe this is a good time to intervene with development because there's something preventing your child from reaching their best biological potential. And you might see certain issues down the down the line unless you already see that. And usually parents will see something with their child by six months of age. Wow. Okay. So how do you market that day? Oh, I just like posted a free, like on social media, I posted ads that say free this on the community uh, Facebook groups. I just posted like, hey, anyone who's interested in coming in on Wednesday, I'm doing free screenings for all pediatric patients, um, if you have any questions during the time, you're more than ounce. That's when I will also do free assessments for tongue and lip ties because um, sometimes parents don't know. Kids are really good at finding ways to adjust and still function even though they have certain deficit. Like, I don't want to call them deficit, but it's something physically disabling them from properly functioning and eating and sleeping and all that good stuff. I was going to say, how would, a, how would a baby really know, you know what I mean? Until like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing it this way kind of thing, you know? Like, at which age group? I don't know. Like, how would how would a baby know? How would a baby know that they're not... For example, if, like, something's uh, disabled or not functioning well, right? Oh, oh, so for infants. Yeah. Like, anyone before the age of six, of course, if the mother is trying to breastfeed, baby's not going to latch properly. She's going to have a painful time nursing. Those are the first cues. Or the baby's unable to swallow the milk. They're frequently eating, only eating for, like, five, ten minutes. They wake frequently during the night because they're constantly hungry because they weren't able to swallow their food properly. So that's when you first see it, early stage of development. Then around six months is when you should see a child um, transition to solids. If they are very picky with which foods they're eating, it's because of the texture. They're unable to swallow it properly. Same for toddlers who have teeth. If they, you know, something requires chewing, a lot of chewing, it requires a lot of muscle activation. If they're used to just eating easy to chew foods while those muscles are not properly developed and they're going to have food aversions. Or if they can chew properly, they'll have like chipmunk sized um, cheeks holding food in their mouth until they swallow it. Or Mm. if a child or an adult has IBS, that's another sign that there's, there's like a gut oral connection where they're not properly chewing, digesting the food. And then of course they're not probably they're not properly digesting it in their GI tract. Gotcha. Okay. I was kind of wondering. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Like for real. 100% it is. I mean, this isn't separate from the rest of the body. You know what I mean? I was more wondering because we have a ton of nieces and nephews. So I was like, I wonder if any of them do. I never paid attention, you know, to see. Most, I will tell you, I want to say most of the population is deficient in chewing, especially in the Western civilization. Like anyone who's in Western medicine following Western medicine probably has some sort of improper balance with how they're chewing or they're resting their mouth or resting their tongue and all that good stuff. All right. So then real quick, how many day, I mean, how many hours in the day are you working? Eight and a half, patient care. You don't take lunch breaks. None of my team wants to take a lunch break. I gave them the option like, hey, you guys want a third minute? No, no, no. We just want to work straight through. If I can leave earlier, awesome. And I'm A-OK with that. Okay, yeah. No complaints. Yeah. I was like, hey, if you need a snack in between, go ahead and take that snack. Like, you need water, just leave the water close by. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what system would you say is unique in your practice that you feel like you've created or adopted? 
It's not the most efficient because we're not really always good with our time. Mm-hmm. Just being a startup, we're not rushed. I also don't have a killer overhead right now because I'm not paying an obnoxious amount on my um, loans. For Bank of America right now, I'm just paying the interest. So I can mm-hmm. kind of take time to figure things out and work with my team. But yeah, the system, it's, really, it's a really tough question to ask. I like, I don't know how to explain it. No worries, no worries. No. It could be anything like from a, a new patient exam system, how we answer phones or like oh, okay. handoff back to front office kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. So we've gotten really good about scheduling patients. Um, one of the most important things that we do is I know you love CareStack. I love CareStack before I ever listened to your podcast. CareStack. Oh, you use CareStack? Yeah. I didn't I know that. It. Yeah. So CareStack is honestly the best practice management software I ever used. It does come with a price, but it saves your life. I had one of my friends from dental school. He was a year behind me. He opened up a practice in Massachusetts. And I was just asking randomly, like different dentists, I was like, which practice software, practice management software do you use? Because I had a different one in the military. And then they transitioned to Dentrix, like the military style Dentrix. But it was Dentrix, Mm -hmm. which I did not like. It was just too much. I tried open dental with certain places that I moonlighted at, save with Eagle Soft. Again, I, I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Visually, it was too much. Hairstack looks beautiful, and you can do your medical forms. You can do your um, dental forms. It's You can upload things really easily. My x-ray software stuff is also integrated in there. It's it's great. It makes you know managing payments super easy, looking at the ledger is super easy. Super easy. It's super easy. It makes cool. luck. You have to have played with different practice software management, like different softwares in order to realize how easy this is after getting enough training. Cause it's all, it has so many cool features, but you have to, it takes a couple of months to kind of get used to. Why'd you go with them out of every other like cloud based software? Cause it looked beautiful. It was just so easy on the eyes. Gotcha. Okay, it was that's easy on the eyes. Easy on the eyes. Cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were uh, with Carestack. Good. Enter CareStack ad here and then go. <laughs> no, but um, okay. So then real quick, just one with CareStack. Mm-hmm. How much did you pay for it? Or how much a are month. you paying? Yeah. How much are you paying a month right now? I think it's like 600. Okay. And it's cloud-based. That was the other main important thing. Because you know how I am with my family. I need to be able to finish notes or plan ahead of time in case I can't do it. Or like in case I have to rush or get someone from daycare. And it actually saved us big time. So I don't know if you were tracking a little over a month ago here in Moore County, there was a massive power outage Mm. and it was on the news. And we all lost power for almost a week. I was luckily in Boston doing a course for most of it. And I brought my daughter with me, but this area lost power for a week. And so I was able to reschedule patients, (laughs) call them and just make sure everyone's okay. Because some people, I mean, I do see active duty soldiers here too based off of referrals. And then if someone had to deploy or something, go on a training, I can just like squeeze them in or do something, kind of just coordinate things. But that was super helpful. Hey, just like you heard Layla mention, she's using CareStack. I mean, more and more practice owners are using CareStack, not just because it's an all-in-one cloud-based software that gets rid of other monthly payments, but it's a robust and dynamic practice management software that allows you to check your schedule anywhere. You can also have people book online anywhere and you can communicate with your team and do so much more. I mean, it does it all. So scroll down to the show notes and click the first link in the show notes to schedule a free personalized demo and see if it's a good fit for your practice and workflow. If it is and you like what you see, you get an exclusive deal just for being a listener of the Dental Marketer Podcast. And that's one month for free. 10% off your annual subscription and 50% off your setup free. All right, let's get back to the episode. Awesome. So then one of the last questions I want to ask you is throughout this process, I guess from the moment you, from the last six month deployment till right now today, or I guess from the moment you started your practice till today, what's been some of the biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls you've experienced? Failures with signing up with certain SEO companies or credentialing companies, especially for medical Biggest waste of money and time. Trying to file medical insurances, biggest waste of time. Those are the money pitfalls that I invested in. Difficult times still is getting enough patients. That's always going to be a struggle. But I think we have over 50 new patients this month, 
which is nice. insane. Yeah. So I literally have a family member come in. Great experience. Like, oh, I want to bring my kids in. Can I bring like my family of seven? Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, good. So the growth this month has been awesome. I wish I had more of a clear mission statement starting off because I changed my brand mm. as a last mom. I changed it because I said I had no idea I was a holistic dentist. And there were no holistic dentists here. I was like, I know what I am. I'm not a conventional dentist that just looks at teeth. I, that's the last thing I look at. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, your teeth look great. However, you have all these other medical conditions that could affect the long-term processes of your treatment if you were to pursue it. So let's let's get that, you know, handled first. Yeah. No, I like that. Real quick, could I ask, what was the SEO company's name that you felt like it was a waste of money? It's like, I want to say it was like Ad IQ or something that Google suggested. Oh, okay. Horrible. Right. Stay away from them. See, so like, if you, anyone ever wants to credential with medical, stay away from like Bicom Healthcare. They like to advertise themselves as being awesome and amazing, but oh my goodness, when you pay someone to credential you wait over a year before you even open your practice and they never did anything. Yeah. Luckily, it was only two um, medical insurance strike here and the VA. Big regrets. Or trying to like teach some of my staff to do medical billing. It's just best to just do it as a fee for service because no other dental provider does it here in network. Oh, so you're, you're not doing medical billing at all? Nope. I give my patients a super bill. Maybe in the future, we'll try to file it with their medical insurance, but medical insurances prefer patients filing their stuff. So that's what I do for TRICARE because, again, I'm a military spouse and I want TRICARE. Whenever I go out of network for treatment, I file my own paperwork and then you get reimbursed. And they tend to be generally better than dental insurance because I don't like dental insurance. Yeah. I really don't. I get you. When it comes to the SEO company, how much did you spend on that? I think it was two or three grand and I asked them two or three days later to stop doing everything. I was like, end this. As soon because as you signed the, up? As soon as I signed up to because I, I still get spam calls on occasion. They went into my, like, I created a website myself to save some money, like, mm-hmm. a year out before opening up the office. Because I had a lot of downtime being pregnant and my husband being deployed. And my mom was there to help me out, like, for three months. But they went in, created those ugly-looking, not personal whatsoever website with the ugliest stock photos. And they went into my Google business account and uploaded the same ugly stock images. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I deleted everything. And and you just said, no more. No more. I think my best form of marketing so far has been utilizing the local newspaper here. So many people read it, especially those that don't have social media. So you're looking at the 45, 50 and older club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for social media, I'm attracting everyone who's middle-aged or with children. Or anyone who's interested in more of like the natural approach to stuff. Breastfeeding mothers. Huge. Mm-hmm. That wasn't popular until maybe like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So that's been the best medium of marketing right now. SEO company. Oh. I mean, you're not even doing that at all, right? Like the SEO no, anymore. No, no. I, I paid a different website to create my website. Um, so I have something more formal and I don't want to manage it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going gonna to have to start outsourcing things and everything like that. Last question. For real, for real. Throughout this time, how has this affected your personal life, your startup? Um, so my husband has been trying to be as supportive as possible. And we definitely clash a little bit more. But we're trying to be optimistic about everything. Yeah. I mean, right now, I'm still not bringing in any sort of income, which is tough. I'm trying to turn it around a little bit, hopefully this year. But it does take a while, especially for an area that's so, so saturated with providers. But words yeah. getting out and you like I said, it's what, January 12th, and I still get at least three new patient appointments scheduled a day. And that was unheard of. We started off with maybe 12 new patients our first month, and it was always like in the 20-ish range, and now it's over 50. That's amazing. Yeah, that's super amazing. Really, like you're going to have to, well, you are going to have to open up another day and stuff like that because it's going to... At some point, yeah. So my Wednesdays are literally just going to be my functional therapy and screening patients. And hopefully I can just spread some awareness about, you know, proper development because even if I can just change one or two children's lives and means the world. Because there's so many parents who are like, oh, my child can't sleep, doesn't behave well in school, was diagnosed with ADHD. And most oftentimes it's something related to sleep. Yeah. And you don't even think about it. I mean, you're mentioning yep. all these things and I'm starting to like realize a lot. I'm like, oh my God, do they have this? My niece or nephew? I don't know. You know, he's 
Interesting. Because yeah. it's it. normal. Everyone yeah. has. It's normal. It's common. No, just because it's normal, it's not okay. But yeah, if you ever want to listen to a book, there's this one guy who holds a podcast. My husband is obsessed with him. He's like a neurologist, PhD guy over at Stanford. He mentioned it before too, right after I'd already listened to the um, audiobook, Jaws, The Hidden Epidemic. It's really, it's eye-opening. I'm still trying to listen to the book called Breathe as well. And oh. Yeah. Gotcha. I okay. I can't. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Layla, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? On Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash smiles in the pines. And now on Instagram, which is my super active uh, social media account is smiles underscore in underscore the underscore pines. I had to listen to just the spaces. Now I get you. Awesome. So guys, that's going to be in the show notes below. And Layla, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. I truly appreciate it. And Layla, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We truly appreciate it. Guys, if you want to reach out to her, go in the show notes below, click on her links and reach out to her there. Also, don't forget to check out CareStack. More and more people are signing on because it's an incredible cloud-based practice management software. So click the first link in the show notes below to see more and schedule a free personalized demo. And you can also see the exclusive deal all our listeners are getting as well in that link. So the book is called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And the quote is, some months are great and some months suck. That's the life of an entrepreneur. Don't make your best month the new norm. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.